Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I am really excited to have this conversation today. My guest is Dana Kay, and I was just saying to Dana, I'm really excited to see what we're going to talk about today. So Dana, welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you so much, Elaine. Really great to be here. So, you know, everybody who listens knows we don't do formal bios. We let you introduce yourself because it's a lot more interesting than and all of the written stuff is in the show notes. So make sure you go check out the show notes for links and bios and all that basic stuff. But Dana, why don't you kick us off with sharing with us a little bit about what is it that you do with families of complex kids and how did you come to be doing this work? You work specifically in the ADHD space. So yeah, that's, what got you that's here? correct. Well, so I'm a board certified holistic health and nutrition practitioner, but believe it or not, I actually used to be completely removed from the health and wellness space. I was actually an accountant in a past life. (laughs) So, you know, and I plan to continue in that field and I, I really might've done so if my concerns over my son's health hadn't grown as much as they did when he was two, I, you know, Everyone would say, oh, don't worry, it's the terrible twos. And, oh, he's a boy and he's hyperactive, but he's a boy. It'll calm down. Um, But I always had this instinct that there was something just a little bit different than the other kids. And, you know, we'd have these mammoth meltdowns that would completely stop our, our family. And the teachers never sort of said a word. He's a boy, same with the doctor. But eventually his tantrums became even more severe and his teachers started noticing the differences too. And at at the age of four, which was quite young, he was uh, diagnosed with ADHD and immediately put on medication. At four. That's unusual. At four. Yes, yes. It was just before he was five. And at first I remember feeling really relieved uh, with the diagnosis because, you know, I wasn't a bad mum. Yeah. And those thoughts. Yes. Those thoughts just had gone through my mind so much. And I was actually excited to fill the prescription medication, you know, thinking that we were finally going to get the help that we needed. And that that was the pill that was going to fix our family. Let's just just pause you for a moment, because that is a common misconception when there's Mm -hmm. an ADHD diagnosis that somehow there's a pill that's going to fix your family, which does not for 99% of us turn out to be the case. So continue. (laughs) Correct. And look, uh, I will also add to this, you know, as I continue with my story, uh, I'm not against medication. There's definitely a time and place for it. But what happened with my son, uh, you know, just really 
it wasn't okay. And, you know, at first it was great. Things were calmer in our house and we were, you know, getting along as a family, but then the dosage increased and then he started to get side effects that weren't there before. And so his doctor prescribed another prescription to counteract the side effects of the first. And this continued until my son, who was five, was on three very strong medications. And then the doctor suggested a fourth medication to counteract some new side effects that popped up. So so I want to pause you again, if I may, because because there are people listening who are, you know, reasonably a little horrified by what you're saying. Yeah. And I don't know how old your son is now. So how long ago this was? He's in middle school now and he was five back then. So, So, but what I want to say is that recommended treatment, at least according to the DSM and and the US, medication is recommended starting at age six Mm -hmm. and only judiciously the, the number one recommended treatment is parent training. So part of what happened was that you got into this cycle of here's a med, now here's another med, now here's another med. Yes. And that is not only not best practice, but it's it is not that common. So those of you out there who are listening and freaking out, take the breath, calm down. It is, <laughs> it, it is a cautionary tale to remind you as a parent to trust your instincts, as Dana yes. did. And that's there's not a connection between trying medication and always and necessarily going down this route. This was just the circumstance that changed your life and your family's life. Yes. Yeah, so. definitely. No, and 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 I agree. Um, it, we just got into this vicious cycle. And, yeah. you know, when the doctor sort of handed me that prescription for the fourth medication, that's when I was like, hold on, this doesn't seem okay. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, you know, I decided that enough was enough and there, there had to be a better way. And that's when, you know, my career path completely changed and I, mm-hmm. I went back to school. I did my holistic health degree and multiple specific certifications in this particular area. And I really learned how food can affect so many aspects of our lives. Uh, and I learned that medication by itself wasn't the only way. Um, yeah. And, you know, I transformed my family's diet. I really looked at what was going on inside my son's body. You know, he was having gut symptoms like constipation and things like that, that were exacerbating a lot of his symptoms. And once we changed his diet and once we actually brought in some specific strategies, I was actually able to titrate him off the medication. And I did. Yeah. And I, I did that over a number of months in consultation with the doctor and we were lucky enough to be able to get him off all medications. And mm-hmm. that's not the case for everyone, no. but for my son, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to really reduce inflammation in his body enough to allow the main symptoms to sort of melt away. And as I said, my well, son is now And the other thing I heard was that you learned some management techniques to help him learn to manage what was happening in his brain. So it's not that it disappeared as it completely, but that he also learned to begin to be conscious about self-regulating. Is that what I'm hearing? No, no. So we didn't really do much of the, you know, he had gone into uh, play therapy and things like that. And, you know, at that stage, sort of the the inflammation that was going on in his body was actually uh, affecting a lot of his symptoms. And honestly, once we changed his diet and once we actually brought in some, you know, specific supplements, uh, once we did some work in parent training as well. So that's um, what I'm talking about, yeah. Yes, yeah. You know, a couple of the different ingredients in the pie, we were baking a pie and, you know, we 
came out with this really good pie in the end. And he's in middle school now. He's 13. Um, he, he hasn't been on meds, you know, since he was five or six. And he's actually thriving at school and he's thriving at home. And for him, a lot of the things that were going on in his body were driven by inflammation. Mm-hmm. And once we reduced that inflammation through everything that we did, it actually allowed him to thrive. And, you know, a big part of what was going on in his body was, you know, he was extremely sensitive to gluten and that gluten was actually exacerbating all of his emotional dysregulation. And once we actually stopped eating gluten, literally within two weeks, like most of his meltdowns, most most of his tantrums and everything had actually stopped. It was really quite bizarre to see. Um, and so part of the reason that you're, you and I are here having this conversation and those of you who know me are hearing David's story and going, oh, well, that sounds familiar. So our situation with gluten is a little, is very similar. It happened a little bit later in my kid's yes. life and long enough ago that gluten, when you said gluten, people would say, what's that? Yes. And there is a chapter written about my child in a book by a nutritionist by Kelly Dorfman called The Bipolar Child Who Wasn't. Wow. That's about what happened when we removed gluten from their diet. Mm -hmm. And they went in two weeks from off the charts, emotional liability to within the range of normal. Yes. And so the, the message I want to make sure we hit really clearly, Dana, is that it's not a panacea unless it is. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Not mm-hmm. every kid who struggles with these emotional volatility issues yes. are going to be impacted. But if gluten is mm-hmm. adding an inflammation effect that's aggravating the system, it can be really quite amazing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that about. I didn't know that um, you were in Kelly Dorfman's book. That's that's quite amazing, and it really is phenomenal to look at the difference when that gluten is taken out of the body and the body actually just starts to come down. The nervous system actually starts to regulate itself and able to, you know, function the way that it was meant to function. And that was the case with my son. And, you know, look, I've, I've been lucky enough now to work with close to a thousand other families that, you know, have been in a similar place. And I would say, you know, a big part of them, when we remove gluten out of the diet, that just nervous system calmed down. And it's quite amazing. And and you're right, it's not for everyone. Um, And it's not easy at the same time. And I'm sure like back in the day when you were going through it. There was nothing. uh, Yeah, there was no, nothing. No food, nothing on the market. No. Yep, nothing. Well, now it's different. And the way that I always looked at it was that when we took the gluten, it was like, I used to think of it as a toxic load. Mm-hmm. There was only yes. so much that the system could handle. And when we took this major piece out of the, the load, they were able to start handling the other stuff. It did not. Now, I don't know what your situation is. I had a kid with a lot of diagnoses. And so it didn't make it all go away, but it gave us the capacity to manage what was there. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. Right. It gave us the the capacity for the the work that we did as parents, the Mm -hmm. way we shifted our conversations and the coach approach to work. Yes. Because they weren't so off the charts triggered that we could be in relationship with them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I love that you uh, brought up that load because I actually like to think of it like a bucket. Mm-hmm. And we're all born with this metaphorical bucket. 
And yeah. we hope that our bucket, you know, throughout our life, our, our, uh, our goal is to keep our bucket load low. And we hope when we're born that our bucket is empty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, it actually wasn't empty. He was mm-hmm. induced early. He uh, was straight away put on medication. He had premature lung disease. He was in the NICU. Uh, he was on a CPAP machine. And so his yeah. load in his bucket already had stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the years through whether that be bad diet, you know, environmental toxins, all these other stuff started to pile up in his bucket. And, you know, everyone's born with different genetics. And some of us can actually empty our bucket out of our body relatively easy. That means that our detoxification pathways are optimized, whereas some of us can't empty our bucket out, meaning our detoxification pathways are compromised. There's certain genetics that can actually predispose you to compromised detoxification pathways. So for him, he had compromised detoxification pathways. And so his bucket started to get fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller until it tipped over into his body. And all of that toxic load was floating around in his body and he couldn't function well. And so what we did was we reduce that toxic load. We took out gluten. We took out other things. We optimized his detoxification. What else did you take out? Can we talk a little bit about what else you took out? And also I want to ask you about chelation because that doesn't come up very often, but I bet you can talk about it. It doesn't. Um, So for us, we took out gluten, dairy, and soy. They're the top three inflammatory foods out there that can contribute to inflammation in the body. We also did some functional lab testing and we looked at what was going on in his particular body. And so we looked at his gut, you know, were there things going on that were contributing to that inflammation? We did a food sensitivity panel. Panel and we took out foods yep. that he was sensitive to. For him, raspberries, he was highly reactive to them. Who would have thought? I mean, raspberries are really great antioxidants and, you know, super healthy foods, but for him, they were causing an issue. And so, you know, and then we reduced the toxic load in terms of like what cleaning products we were using in our house, what personal care products we were using in our house, and then we were optimizing detoxification pathways. Now, you talk about chelation. I'm so not stop a for a minute. I want to yes. go into because I want to be really clean. So what I hear you saying is that you removed things that could be toxic to that kid. It's not yes. everyone, but so if, in his case, it was gluten, dairy, soy. There were other foods and, and things that were yes. identified. And then you tried to do an environmental cleanse, right? Using yes. healthier products, Definitely. Uh, different ways to just reduce any stress that might be coming from his environment. Yes. So correct. chelation is a technique that some providers encourage that is another way to detoxify the body. Yes. So you were going to say. Yeah, look, I'm not a fan of it. And I feel that with kids in particular, it can be quite heavy for them. And so Mm. I, you know, it helps detoxification, but it's quite a strong intense process, I have to say, like, you know, yeah. yeah. And there are some families that are waking the kids up in the middle of the night, every three hours to uh, give them supplements for, to help them detoxify. And it's a very intense process. And I, I personally don't, don't follow that, but I implement light detoxification. I was going to say, I never experienced it that way. We experienced it in very subtle ways, like vitamin C is a natural chelator. Yes. Like so there were things that we were able to do. And chelation is about removing some of the toxins, particularly metals. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. And And so we did that, but not in that way that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I never knew there was that level of intensity. Yes. Yes. And like, and when you, when you actually look up um, chelation, there is like um, specific protocol 
protocols that people go through and they do it sometimes without the guidance of a practitioner. Mm, that's scary and too. It's really, really scary. <laughs> it's really but scary. Yeah. Look, vitamin C is a really good antioxidant. It's going to help you detoxify. Vitamin E, selenium, a really good uh, light detoxification supplements that you can help. Um, also binders. So binder basically binds out toxins in the body's I don't know if you've heard of like activated charcoal, for example, yes. you can buy it at the, at the drugstore. And that's actually used in some common binders to bind out, you know, any of those heavy metals or any of other toxins that are floating around in the body. There are plenty other binders out there, um, but that's just one that listeners might actually have heard of. Well, and what's really important about what you're saying is, is kids don't try this at home. No. Right? <laughs> do not want to do any of this without, without working with a practitioner who really knows yes. what they're doing. And that's that's what I learned very clearly in our experience. And yes. I had the, the benefit of working with Kelly Dorfman, who's really yes. one of the best in the world. She is, yes. That knowing there's so much subtlety and nuance mm-hmm. in this, yes. in creating, trying to work towards a healthy balance in the body. Yes. You really want somebody who understands and knows what they're doing to work yes. with you in the process. Oh, definitely. 100%. Um, and, but it, look, it's not a commonly talked about thing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what happened with us, we had gone to the doctor, the pediatrician, and the only thing that we were given was that prescription medication. We weren't told about these other things. And so, you know, right. we had to go, I had to go on my own journey and I'm really thankful that we did because we've ended up in a really, really great place. And now I've been able to help other families. Uh, but back to the detoxification, there are many things that you can do. Um, things like just as simple as a detox bath, which is magnesium flakes in the bath, soaking for 20 minutes, three times a week. Things like red light sauna that you can find, you know, at, at your local, uh, there's local health places that have these saunas that you can go and sit in for 10 minutes, drinking a variety of spring waters. Not only are you avoiding harmful chemicals in, you know, tap water, but also water helps detox the body. Um, Another thing, jumping on a trampoline, you know, that's not only going to get out the energy and fire off neurons in the brain for our kiddos, but it's going to help detoxification. So I really like these light detoxification methods rather than the strong ones that that sometimes are used out there. Yeah, I love that. It's it's so essential. Okay, so what else needs to be shared? I think, you know, I said I never know how these conversations are going to yeah. go. And it feels like we're having a conversation about detox for complex kids. Yes. Yeah. Look, and so you've thrown out a lot of suggestions. Removing inflammation is a big foundational key. And then you've got all these other pieces. What else? Yeah, look, look, definitely uh, the gut brain connection, you know, the gut brain connection is massive when it comes to our kiddos. And a lot of the time that inflammation can come from the gut. Basically everything begins in the gut. 80% of our body's entire immune system is within the gut wall, along with billions of nerve cells and an extensive amount of beneficial gut bacteria. And so everything is quite literally connected to the gut. And so- So will you say that again? Because that's going to get lost and it's really important. 80%, say it again. 80% of the body's entire immune system is within the gut wall, along with billions of nerve cells and extensive amount of beneficial gut bacteria. 
So all of our children's health and our health is quite literally connected to everything that occurs in the gut. And I have countless families that come to me for guidance on their kids' ADHD symptoms. And I ask them sort of whether there's any family history of sickness. And they say, no, they've been really healthy. But then when I sort of press further, I say, oh, well, have they suffered from any constipation or diarrhea? And they're actually surprised to learn that constipation is not healthy or normal. It might be very common, but it's a byproduct of an unhealthy gut. So you're talking about the gut and the body's immune system and the gut. So what's that got to do with the brain? Yeah, very, very, very good question. So, uh, you know, a large percentage of these kids have been on antibiotics and what happens with antibiotics, it actually uh, changes the gut flora and it can't distinguish between the good and the bad bacteria. And so what happens when you've got an overgrowth of this bad bacteria, which is called gut dysbiosis, it can travel up the vagus nerve into the brain and it can cause inflammation in the brain. So uh, the gut-brain connection means that our brains are deeply connected to our guts and if our guts aren't functioning well, our brains won't be able to function well either. And the brain has many areas involved in gut function, chief of which is the frontal lobe. And it's the area of the brain that talks to the gut by those two-way chemical messengers and nerve branches. Now, as I'm As I'm sure many of the listeners out there know the frontal lobe is involved in things like attention and focus and executive function and planning and organizing and problem solving, which a lot of the kids that we have um, have that area affected and a common ADHD symptoms. So, you know, because the frontal lobe is in the brain, many people are under the impression that the brain is what needs care, when in reality, it's actually the gut that's also causing problems. And what I want to to reiterate, because what you're not saying is ADHD doesn't exist, it's all in the gut. No, no, not saying that at all. Right. But it could be interpreted that way. So what are you saying? Well, I'm saying that, you know, um, symptoms can be exacerbated by a breakdown in the gut. And so, so if the brain is already has a tendency struggling. towards being challenged in executive function, the gut can exacerbate that. Definitely. So if you want to optimize what you've got, uh, then you want to optimize the gut. So you optimize that, that gut brain uh, um, connection. You know, have you ever felt butterflies in your stomach because you were nervous about something? Mm-hmm. I'm sure we right. all have. Right. Yeah. Um, and that is a perfect example of the gut brain connection. Our bodies perceive whatever we're nervous about as a stressful situation. And then our brain triggers raw emotions in our gut, resulting in those butterflies. Um, that's the brain talking to the gut. But the reverse is also true. Our guts talk to our brains as well. And so when the digestive system, specifically the intestinal tract, has that higher level of bad gut bacteria than good, that gut dysbiosis creates that inflammation that travels up into the brain, causing extra symptoms like brain fog, like inability to focus, poor memory, all of those things. Yeah. Um, kind well, of like and, and I'll tell you, when we remove gluten from the diet in our house, we, I started with my eldest child and my husband, the, their responses to it were very different. And for my husband, it was like this brain fog he'd lived in all mm-hmm. his life at 40 years old lifted. was unbelievable. And again, in two weeks, we could see the difference. So let's stop for a second. We're a little over time. So let people know how they can find out more about you. Where should they get to? 
Yes. So my website is ADHDthriveinstitute.com. I've just released my book, Thriving with ADHD, which can also be found on my website. I'm on all social media at ADHD Thrive Institute. Excellent. 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 So before we wrap up, can you, is there anything else that we haven't mentioned that you want to add or something you want to come back and highlight from what we've talked about today? Yeah, I, I think I want to add, you know, I talked about that gut brain connection, but I also want to just mention the gut is responsible for making 95% of the body's serotonin and 50% of the body's dopamine. And these are our neurotransmitters or our hormones that help manage our emotion and balance our mood and help our cognitive function. And we all know that emotional dysregulation is a common symptom of ADHD. And Mm -hmm. so many caregivers don't realize that that emotional dysregulation actually starts in the gut where the serotonin and some of the dopamine are being made. And so when we take out foods like gluten, we can start healing the gut because gluten does create leaky gut in a lot of people. And so really focusing on that gut to optimize the brain, to optimize uh, your emotional dysregulation uh, is a really great place to start. I love that. It's brilliant. All right. Before we close up today, do you have a favorite motto or quote that you want to share with our community? Definitely, definitely do. I know a lot of families out there would be looking, thinking of this going, oh my gosh, how do I take out gluten out of my child's diet? All I need to say is Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, Uh, Transforming your family's diet won't be complete in a day either. You know, it's not a race. It's a marathon and it's okay to take it slow. It's okay to take one step at a time. I love that. I so honor that we just celebrated 18 years of gluten-free for my eldest wow, child and my husband. That's amazing. Um, that's amazing that you did that so long ago. So, yeah, know- we were because of Kelly, we were way ahead of the curve, but, but I, yeah. was, I, you know, and I, I'll never forget the conversation with Kelly when I gave her all of the stuff and we sat, we're, we're on the phone and she says, it sounds like gluten. And I said, what's gluten? And she told me, cause in those days, nobody had ever heard of it. And I started to cry. Because I realized everything I was giving my kid for comfort food yeah. was the very thing that was aggravating mm-hmm. their symptoms. It's amazing. So anyway, I'll put some notes in the show notes, everybody. I'll put the link to the article that I wrote probably 15 years ago. Wow. Um, and I'll, I'll make sure you see it as well, Dana. Yes, definitely. Um, because I wrote, I started writing about this. And, and like you, that transition, there were two things that got me into this work. One was the gluten experience and, and full Full disclosure, I'm a nutrition school dropout. (laughs) I tried to go nutrition school first. I am not, it's not my best path. And and at the same time that I was doing that, I had discovered coaching. And so I went the coaching path. And it's those two things that I credit with changing the life of of me, my family, my kids, was was becoming aware of the toxic load and the role that nutrition plays in our brains and the coach approach. That's that's my story. So I'm here with you because I share the journey with you. Amazing. And that's, you know, a lot of parents, they go through this journey and they come out at the other end and they're just so inspired by it that they just want to help other people. And that is exactly what you're doing, exactly what I'm doing. So, well, so I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for the wisdom you're sharing and for the work you're doing. And um, to those of you listening, again, there's no panacea out there. There's no one single right solution that will change the path that you're on with your kids. And part of what you said earlier that I love is is remember to trust your gut. 
trust your instincts in the process. And if you believe that there's some environmental or toxic load that's making it more difficult for your kid to, to manage, listen to yourself and get some support in, in addressing it. It's not going to fix absolutely everything, but it, it can absolutely be part of the, the process for a lot of people. So yes. trust yourself. Know that you're making a huge difference by by listening, tuning in to yourself and to your kids. And that's what makes the difference in the long term. Take care, everybody. Thanks for being here. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.